interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 90 of Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. As always, I have my amazing co-host here with me, Rob. Reporting live from the Not A Robot News Desk. <laughs> Very cool. Always up to date. And Josh. Howdy. Today on the show, we will be covering Batgirls number five, I Am Batman number eight, Superman Son of Kella number 10, and Wonder Woman 786. Uh, of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, The Biggest Stinker, and to find out which titles might just make the dump list. But before that, we'll also have our honorable mention section going over some titles that we think you should check out, uh, as well as a spotlight section going over some titles that we will mention but not go into great detail about. Uh, if you'd like to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash NER podcast for either a one-time donation or subscription for access to our Discord, as well as other exclusive content available on the network. But with all of that out of the way, let's get to some news, because there is quite a bit for this week. What's yeah. new in comics? I've got a little bit of news, but that's all that I've gotten. That's uh, Aquaman mm -hmm. getting canceled, but that's just according to Rich Johnson. And I am waiting for confirmation on Friday. I guess like the rest of the world, but it is bleeding cool, so you gotta take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, like a yeah. massive rock. Yeah. 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 Well, so I, I guess we'll wait to see. Yeah. It's not long until I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I was definitely really all in on this new era of, you know, the Aquaverse and I would be really disappointed if they were to cancel it and they did just relaunch it, you know, a couple months later with a new number one. And we had an yeah. extended discussion, uh, mostly me and uh, our, our frequent collaborator, uh, Nathan, about, you know, the efficacy of using new number ones and whether or not it makes sense to relaunch it or to just Ooh. keep the same numbering. And I obviously have my own opinions. He has his. Um, and, and we definitely differ on that. Um, but, you know, personally, I was of the belief that it would just really wouldn't make any sense to relaunch the title with a new number one if they're continuing largely the same story with, you know, the same characters. Um, and even if it was slightly different, that's really no reason to relaunch the entire book when they could simply retitle it if it's just going to focus on Jackson. So there were a number of things that, that I had a, a problem with, and I'm really hoping that this is just a rumor that uh, got out of hand and that the book is not getting canceled. You and me both. Uh, sooner than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to happen next week. The next round of the DC Round Robin 2022 tournament has concluded. The voting is done. And the next round begins on, I think it's Monday. Is that the 18th? Uh, whatever the 18th is. It's the 18th. Mm. It's April 18th. It's the next round for voting to begin. And this ended, I think, two days ago. So it was a much shorter voting period, but there's far fewer books, and honestly, a few surprises. So, <clears throat> just to go over the battles again, I'll be going backwards this time. You had Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow, versus Green Lantern, The Birth of Conspiracy, and Superboy won by a very oh, small wow, margin. Really? It was 55 <laughs> to 45%. Oh, uh, seriously? Superboy yeah, yeah, Green Lantern very tight. That's actually kind of shocking. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. I, I'm, I'm actually very disappointed, because I was... At least Superboy sounds good, but that Green Lantern book is all me. It's it's all about me. It's right up my alley. Oh, I really? love those conspiracy stories from the fifties. 
I love Alan Scott. This would have been perfect. Oh, but... oh man. Well, I mean, I've, I, I'm not going to go into it because it's a whole <laughs> other topic. But anyway. Oh, yeah. No, I, I firmly believe it, it's a lot of bullshit, but I think they're fun <laughs> stories to read. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the other spectrum, we have uh, the far-flung future or short-flung future. It's very vague. Uh, Green Lantern, The Light at the End of Forever, going up against Ghost Tour from Hell. Green Lantern won that by a decent margin, 67 to 33%. Knew that. So we're not getting any uh, Ghost Tours. But we're not out of the woods yet when it comes to supernatural characters because Suicide Squad Dark beat out Kid Flash the Speed of Fear 59 to 41%. As a larger margin than I was expecting. Yep. So I thought Kid Flash yeah. was honestly going to make it in the top four at the very least, but here we are. Now, and there's a Batman. Especially. Yeah. That's, yeah, there's a Batman somewhere. So. <laughs> damn vampire um, Batman. Yeah, yeah. But this like last one, I guess, is realistically the first one on the list. It's the biggest shock for me. Constantine and the Demon, Vacation Room Hell versus Hawkman and Hawkwoman, the Changeling. And the Hawks lost. Are you serious? Wait, sorry. And not even the just they again? lost. They lost by the biggest friggin' margin, sixty-one to thirty-nine percent. They were. I thought they were a shoe in for at was least this, top two. Was this again? Uh the the Hawk, Hawkman and Hawkwoman. I don't remember the creative team, but the mm-hmm. art was fantastic. And they were up against who? Oh, uh, up against Constantine and the Demon. Oh well, I can understand that one at least. You know, it is Constantine. It yeah, is popularity. But, yeah, damn. this shouldn't be a popularity contest, in my view. This should be what's the best pitch. Hey, no arguments here. Yeah, yeah. no, not here either. It's, it's ridiculous. Because hey, as we all saw last year's tournament, that was a popularity yeah. contest, and we got shit. <laughs> yep, we got a Batman book, and that's what's going to happen yeah. this time too. We're going to get Vampire Batman at the top. I, I fear you're right. Like that book sounds quite interesting. Uh, I've I've always loved that Earth Thirteen, but damn, there's so many other books I'd want to read more than that one. Can't you just read Red Rain? Isn't it the vampire book? Yes. Yeah, yeah. just read that. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> spare exactly. yourself the this trouble. Yeah. Oh well. Whatever. So so that Whatever. brings us to new fights uh, starting next week. We have Constantine of the Demon versus Suicide Squad Dark. Who could have foreseen that? Supernatural versus Supernatural. And Green Lantern, the late at the end of Forever, up against Superboy, the Man of Tomorrow, both of which taking place in space. So it's kind of fitting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I have no idea who the hell's going to win. But I might just join Josh in thinking Suicide Squad Dark is going to take it. It's the supernatural versus the cosmic in a round robin showdown to last for the ages. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that set of stories, but we also have a look at another set of stories coming out in June. We have the creative teams and titles of the stories for DC Pride 2022, and it is quite the friggin' list. Uh, so we have Super Pride from writer Devin Grayson, art by Nick Robles, Trayona Farrell, and Aditya Bidikar on letters. 
We have confessions, and keep in mind, it does not tell me what characters are going to be in it. You kind of just have to guess. <laughs> uh, some are going to be obvious, some are not. Uh, confessions from Stephanie Williams, Megan Hetrick, Marissa Louise, and Ariana Maher. Special delivery from Travis G. Moore, Enrica, Aaron, and Gliolini, and Ariana Maher. Are you ready for this? From Danny, Lauren, Ivan Cohen, Brittany Williams, Enrica, Aaron, Angelini, and Ariana Maher. A world cap just for me <clears throat> from Alyssa Wong, W. Scott Forbes, and Ariana Maher. The Gumshoe and Green from Teeny Howard, Evan Cagle, and Lucas Gatoni. Think of Me Evan from Rosteen and Ted Brandt and Frank Svetkovic. I hope I didn't mess that up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> public display of electromagnetic, electromagnetic spectrum from Greg Lockhart. Gila Macchioni and Aditya Bittacard. The Hunt from Danny Fernandez. Wait, wait, Dan, Danny. That's a pop. No, different. Oh, God. What? <laughs> Is that a pop star? <laughs> or am I thinking of a different Danny Fernandez? <laughs> I have no I idea. I have no idea. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, Danny Fernandez, Zoe Thorogird, Jeremy Lawson, and Aditya Bittacard. Bats in the Cradle. Us by Stephanie Phillips, Samantha Dodge, Marissa Louise, and Lucas Gatoni. The last three have a definite theme going. Up at Bat from Jed Zia, Axelrod, Lynn Yoshi, Tamara Bonvillain, and Ariana Maher. And finally... Wait, 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 wait. hold on. Uh, Is the name Jed Zia? Wait, how, do, how do they spell that? I'm curious. Jed Zia. It's J-A-D-Z-I-A. Like, Jed Zia. from Star Trek? Gen Z. Am I the only one who's going to get that reference? Like Gen Z Dax from DS9? Please tell me I'm not the only one who's going to get that. I, I, was, I was a kid when I watched DS9. I don't remember Ugh. much of the characters besides Cisco. <laughs> that's why I was like, what? Someone had to have been a fan. Or maybe that's just a real name and I'm just yeah. a horrible bigot. Could be. I don't know. With the last name no, Axelrod. Think... It might be a pseudonym. Yeah. And finally, the one I think I'm most excited about, mostly for the creative team, is Finding Batman, lettered by Aditya Bidikar, art from J. Bone, that's J. Dodd Bone, and written by none other than the best Batman himself, Kevin Conroy. Yeah, that's awesome. I think making his comic writing debut. Yeah, that seems to be the trend now of, like, yeah. I guess actors who've played these parts just kind of stepping in and writing a, a story here and there. And I mean, yeah. it's kind of cool. It is very I'm not, cool. I'm not against it. Yeah, I'm, I, fuck, we've spoken volumes about Kevin Conroy in the past, so <laughs> yeah. me, I am all for that story and excited to see where that goes. And <clears throat> it's funny you mentioned trend that actors are, are uh, writing their stories <laughs> because we have more from nicole mains coming in july in superman son of kal-el number 13 tom taylor and nicole mains are co-writing it with art by clayton henry it's the dc universe debut of nia Nall's dreamer the same character from oh, wow. the supergirl world interesting at least the the costume and design is the same and nicole mains the actress that played her is this is going to be co-writing it so i it's safe to assume it's the one from the supergirl universe but it's unsure if it is exactly the same one like she's coming from that world into the main continuity or if there's doing a dc universe version of the same character but it definitely looks like the same character I'm excited about that. If you talk to me about Supergirl for very long, I will make most of it about Neonal's Dreamer because that character stole the damn show when Nicole Maines played her beautifully. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I never, I never really kept up with Supergirl, so 
that's that's cool to hear at least. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I can confirm according to an article from Philadelphia Gay News. I'm not making this up, by the way, because I was I was just like, no, I have, I have to know. I have to know. This author, I, you said her name was Jedzia Axelrod. Was that Axelrod? It? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So according to her, I'm not making this up. So someone asked her about her name, and she said, "Well, it's not the name my mother gave me." My original name started with a J, and I wanted to keep that J sound, but I wanted something fresh. I didn't want to add a Y to the end of my old name. There was a character from Star Trek Deep Space Nine named oh, Jedzia, and I jokingly suggested I should make that my name. The first time I used it, my heart kind of skipped a beat, and I thought, maybe this isn't a joke. Then when my daughter started using it, she would say, Jedzia, which is weirdly enough how Dr. Bashir says it too, uh, and my heart pounded, and I thought, okay, this is it. So I knew it. I was like, there's uh, no way. There's you no way. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome, but I'm just like, no way. I mean, uh, it is a cool name. Yeah, yeah, that's an awesome name. It is um, It is pretty cool. And Dax is it one is of the Is Axelrod actually their last name? I, maybe? I think so, yeah. Interesting. Um, that's a pretty dope last yeah. name. Yeah, no, definitely. Just funny. That's the, yeah, that's how Dr. Bashir says it in DS9 too. He's like, Chadzia, I'm sorry, but we have to, I can't do it convincing <laughs> Dr. Bashir. But anyway, for, for like the three people who are going to get that, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, I, think, I think DS9 had more than three fans. <laughs> well, the three fans oh, were, were listening who know <laughs> DS9. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, sorry, what were you saying? I, I will say that Cisco was easily the best captain of all the TV series. Oh yeah, for sure. I will die on that grave or that that uh, that mountain. Yeah, definitely one of the most interesting casts they had. Just a, a yeah. really cool lineup. But uh, sorry, I, I keep interrupting you with Star Trek nonsense. <laughs> uh, by all means, uh, that was it for my part of the news. I, I I'm. I'm all news stamped. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then I guess I'll, I'll bring it on home. <clears throat> so uh, I would say the, the biggest one this week was an announcement that came out yesterday, um, something that I had kind of suspected but was also a bit of a surprise, um, and that is the, uh, I guess, a little bit sad news, depending on who you ask, um, that... Uh, Come July, uh, Mariko Tamaki, the current writer on Detective Comics, will be leaving the book, um, so she will no longer be the main writer. Um, and I had suspected that, you know, based on the fact that they were bringing in a co-writer, because that's usually a telltale sign that someone is transitioning off the book, especially if it's after, you know, a big story like we just had with the uh, Arkham Tower saga. Right. Uh, <clears throat> but what I was not expecting um, was who would be following it, um, because I thought it might be, you know, the co-writers. That's usually how it works. You bring in the co-writer, kind of set them up, and then let them do their thing once you leave. Um, and the co-writer, Nadia Shamas, was kind of who I had suspected would take over you know, as, as the main writer. However, uh, I was very surprised to see that yesterday, uh, in you know, the official announcement of, of who would be taking over the title, that it was none other than, drumroll please, if you can add that for dramatic effect, Ram V and Raphael Albuquerque with colors from Dave Stewart. And yes. my heart... Like Please. went to the moon because that is yep. just such a like phenomenal team. Um, but I think I was even more excited because it's not a new book. 
It is, it is taking over. We're not launching a new number one or a new mini series. It's just it's continuing a series, but with a really great lineup. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot to unpack um, in this announcement that I won't go into great depth here. If you want to check it out, they have uh, articles on Newsarama and Adventures in Poor Taste, where Rom goes into detail on his uh, goals and plans for the run <clears throat> in terms of theme and story. Uh, and you also get some really cool character sketches of uh, some of the upcoming characters that may be in this run, Batman, obviously, um, but one that I was definitely surprised to see, Talia al Ghul. So she may or may not be a, a bit of a player in this run. I guess we'll have to see. <clears throat> but that's not all, folks, because uh, while you may be coming in for you know the fantastic story that I'm sure is, is going to uh, embark, this uh, July, uh, which is called Gotham Nocturne. It's the official title. Uh, you may be coming in for that, but I promise you're also going to stay for a very exciting backup feature. Um, obviously, we've been a little bit harsh sometimes in the backup features. Some have been great, some have been a little unnecessary, um, but you know, by and large, they seem to be hit or miss. But the backups that were announced for uh, this upcoming run are done none other than, or done by none other than Mr. Simon Spurrier of Hellblazer fame himself uh, with a different artist for each issue and kicking it off, joining him for uh, the first uh, issue of of Rom's run in 1062 is going to be none other than Danny, superstar of Arkham City, the Order of the Worlds, and a a favorite of mine, Coffin Bound with Dan Waters over at Image. I was super stoked to see that, a Jim Gordon story. From Sysbury and Danny sounds like an absolute dream. Um, Again, so it's 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 just going to be a lot of really interesting stuff. But um, it seems like people are pretty excited about this, especially that it's going to be paired with um, you know Chip Zdarsky's uh, Batman that'll be starting in uh, July. So it seems like both books are, are helming really strong creative teams right now, which I'm very excited to see um, play out in in the coming summer. So. Yeah, it's gonna be some really cool stuff brewing, and uh, I'm I'm definitely excited to check it out. Hell yeah! I'm hoping for a more classic era of that. And when I say classic, mm-hmm. I don't mean too far back. I mean like like pre-Flashpoint era Batman, like the the kind of feel those stories had. I think we're gonna yeah. get into that that type of feel again. Wouldn't yeah, that be yeah. wonderful? Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because one of the quotes that I had written down was uh, one from Ron V who said um, for me the draw of Batman as a character and that of the world around him had always been this blanket of tragedy that lay above it all so with that perspective Gotham Nocturne the title of the arc as I said is a quintessentially Batman story told with the aesthetics of a gothic opera which sounds right in line with uh, with everything that you just said Rob so I feel like we're, we're definitely going to get back to that kind of uh that um, style of you know classic Batman story, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, especially with such a dynamite team as as Rom and uh, Raphael Albuquerque, who's just you know consistently Amazing. knocked it out of the park. So yeah, um, yeah, no, really, uh, really cool amazing. stuff in the works. That's a cool. So stuff yeah, in the works. oh yeah, so you can uh, you can check that out. Like I said, over at uh, Newsarama or Adventures in Poor Taste. They go into detail on some of the uh, other stuff that the arc will contain. Um, but like I said, very, very interesting uh, and very exciting, I think, an era is, is starting <coughs> this, uh, <coughs> this July. Uh, 
I have two more announcements. Um, these ones are a bit more on the offbeat side, uh, but I, I just I like talking about them because I'm, I'm a sucker for all the you know independent creator and stuff. Um, but we got an announcement yesterday from uh, creator Matt Kint, who I've kind of been mixed on in the past, but I think definitely has some interesting ideas at points. Um, it just kind of depends on what the setting is, but he's teaming up with Dark Horse to launch his own imprint because that's that's the thing now, I guess. Imprints, mm-hmm. launching imprints. Everyone's got to have their own imprint. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's launching his own imprint at uh, Dark Horse called Flux House, which will be kicking off with a tie-in to a previous series he'd done called Mind Management, uh, a four-issue tie-in um, that will have a different artist for each issue, as well as some new stuff in the works with some of his uh, more well-known collaborators. Um, and then uh, just one more quick thing that, that came out probably 30 minutes ago or, or you know around the time that we first started talking. Um, IDW has lined up nine new creative titles or creator-owned titles for kind of a big, massive launch of new books coming this summer. Um, and they've announced some of the teams that are going to be on that book, um, some of which I would say are definitely very exciting, uh, but include creators like G. Willow Wilson, uh, Scott Brian Wilson, Scott Snyder, John Ridley, Caven Scott, and um, Robbie Thompson. Um, ooh, so ooh. I think, yeah, I think that's, you know, all these seem to be aimed at, you know, new reader friendly, really kind of building up new stuff in the ground level type stories. Um, and should definitely have some really uh, interesting stuff in the works. But uh, good for IDW. It seems like they're really trying to push forward um, some new uh, creator-owned stuff in the market, which is always a a good thing to have. Um, But if you're interested in seeing what some of these new books are going to be and some of the descriptions of them, uh, you can check out the article on Deadline that just dropped um, detailing each project and, uh, you know, each creator's kind of goal uh, with that project. So... That's all I got, That's cool. uh, but uh, really, really cool stuff going on in the in the works right now. Right on, man. Um, well, I guess before we get into to the books, I just wanted to give a shout out real quick to two of them, at least that came out this week. Uh, two different kinds of shout outs. First one up, Sandman Universe, uh, Nightmare Country. Holy crap, y'all. I mean, this is abs- absolutely a part of the Sandman universe. Um, mm. The art is mind-blowingly awesome, and horror is exactly where Tynan belongs. Uh, definitely, definitely. Th- this is this is awesome. If you dig Sandman, the dreaming, uh, fuck any anything in the Sandman universe, Lucifer, anything at all, read it. You'll be hooked. After one issue, I already am. So check that out. Um, and then Naomi season two, I wanted to give that a shout out that says, uh, I'm going to be straight up honest here. I open the book. I see that ladder dog, ladder dialogue going back and forth, repeating each other. Next page. Holy crap. It's everywhere. Flip through the damn rest of it. And it's present on quite a few more pages. He still has no clue how to write for characters, let alone teenagers or adults or children or pets. Um, <laughs> even even pets. Woof. Yeah. Woof? Even pets. Woof. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. Meow. Exactly. 
<laughs> so I'm not gonna lie, man. <laughs> Looking through that, I didn't even read it. Skimming the art looks fantastic when you could see it. Um, but yeah, that's it. I'm 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 I love the character, but I'm done with Naomi. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I started to flip through it. I saw how many dialogue bubbles there were, and I just I I couldn't. Right now, yeah. I didn't have the time. No, I yeah. I just can't do Bendis anymore. Yeah, no, no I think I read the the first one when it came out, and I was kind of like, I can either wait for the trade for this or just wait for it never. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I haven't made up my mind yet. Um, but uh, I will at least co-sign Nightmare Country. That is pretty good coming from someone who's not the biggest fan of the Sandman universe. He's going to eat your eyeballs with his yeah. eyeballs. Yes. That, that's yeah. fucking creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, and I couldn't tell you where, but not the first time I've seen mouths on eyeballs, but that's just a <laughs> weird <it>. sentence. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's horrifying stuff. Um, yeah. but good it'll, stuff. It'll good stuff. Yeah, it'll definitely satisfy your, your horror taste, even if you're you know, not super familiar with the Sandman universe. Mm-hmm. I have to end, so I Which just have one more. Should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, we can save that for another day. I, I have some <laughs> not popular opinions on that. Oh no! Oh, so what the hell is this? Guy? Okay, so I had one more bit of news that just popped up on my feed. I don't know when it was announced. Uh, I, I'm just seeing this now, though. Uh, Marvel is also doing a Pride book. They're doing Marvel Voices Pride again for 2022. But the title is yeah. kind of vexing because for DC, they had DC Pride 2021, DC Pride 2022. Those are the official titles. This one, last year was Marvel Voices Pride number one. This year is Marvel Voices Pride number one. Which, how, what? how the <laughs> fuck are you supposed to know which one's which? <laughs> Marvel like, call does it that number shit two? with the, the, the way that they number stuff, that's going to be a whole brand new volume. So like... that's going to be a number one. Yeah, that's that's their crazy. generic numeric ordering yeah, system. Yeah, it's just weird. I, I uh, at least like call it number two. Call it Marvel vs. Pride twenty twenty two. Why yeah. do you have to put a number to it? I don't. Uh, so either way, it looks cool. I I, I want to see more of the Runaways in there. I'm all for it. But just look for that coming in June <laughs> mm. if you can figure out which one's which. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So yeah, uh, yeah. I wanted to give an honorable mention as well to Suicide Squad Blaze number two, that uh, three-issue oh, yeah. black label book. The art alone, the story is, is is fascinating. It's it's definitely a different type of story you're getting from the Suicide Squad. I think typical Spurrier. Yeah, um, it's, but it's the art, great. like if if you're a fan of uh, Nice House in the Lake, or if you're a fan of. Uh, um, Arkham City Order of the World the art's not like to a T exactly the same but there's definitely some elements there that really made me feel like it was taken from those books or it was it reminded me of those books and the art is just beautiful I, I, I think it's painted even it looks like it's it's gorgeous art the colors are muted but fantastic and the story is is really interesting if if you were a fan of even the the recent Suicide Squad movies let alone the the book alone definitely worth checking this out yeah i liked it i forgot the th- i didn't even think about mentioning that but uh good stuff man 
I always love Spurrier. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that's it, huh? Time yeah. to shine the spotlight? <clears throat> I do believe it is. And uh, what better way to shine the spotlight than on a book filled with darkness? Uh, and that is, of course, <laughs> Flashpoint Beyond. Number zero. But we don't want to shine that, that light a little too bright because... Uh, that would, I think, ruin the mood of this book, especially considering the art. But yeah, let's get right to it. Uh, this is Flashpoint Beyond <coughs> number zero. Uh, you'll know because I just said that. <laughs> uh, the sequel to the hit 2011 event that changed the DCU forever until it didn't. Um, but it's also kind of a sequel uh, to Doomsday Clock. Uh, this is, of course, written by... Jeff Johns with art from Eduardo Riso, uh, colors from Trish Mulville, and letters from Clem Robbins. Uh, I almost fainted seeing Jeff Johns' name on the cover because with the rest of the creative team, I literally thought it was Brian Azzarello. <laughs> seeing Eduardo Riso's name without Brian Azzarello feels like sacrilege, but right, kind it is of, what it yeah. is. Yeah, I was just so used to it. Um, but anyway, our opening scene sees Bruce break into the lab of Dr. Rip Hunter and his Time Masters steal an item that once belonged to Jamie Slater. Wait a minute. Yes. Did you just say what? Bruce broke in? Uh, yeah. Isn't it Thomas? Uh, no, 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 that was uh, Bruce. Bad yeah, man. that's Bruce. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. That <laughs> changes things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> uh, Mime and Marionette are there and they're warning Bruce about using you know that uh, watch and that snow globe that he's taking. We don't exactly know why, uh, so we'll get back to that. We'll put a pin in that for a little bit. Uh, so Thomas pin. Wayne, yeah, so Thomas Wayne, after being killed by Darkseid, wakes up in a world that shouldn't exist but does. He's completely lost and doesn't know what to do. I've seen that before, but uh, it's a fun little twist on it, I thought. Uh, knowing he has to change things, especially with an impending case, Judge Dent on the horizon and a new outlook on life, courtesy of the events of City of Bane and JLI. He tracks down Barry Allen, the not fastest man alive, uh, who has no memory of their time together during the Flashpoint. Uh, when Barry freaks out, because, I mean, wouldn't you if a creepy man in a cape showed up in your apartment telling you that he knows you? Um, oh, and Thomas hey, by the way, Barry. I need you to come and get you know, electrocuted to get you some super Yeah, money. exactly. <laughs> yeah, so Thomas kidnaps Barry and takes him back to Gotham where he attempts to recreate the original accident that turned Barry into the Flash um, in Flashpoint. Um, uh, but his plans are foiled by an Aquaman goon who Thomas, knowing he shouldn't kill him for ruining his chances of fixing the world, ultimately does kill him after the goon goads him about murder. Um, and vows to make sure, Thomas, of course, vows to make sure that the world gets right by any means necessary. He also ends up taking in Judge Dent's kid, Dexter, uh, after Dent was murdered by the same Aquaman goon um, on his way to, I believe, arrest Thomas Wayne, uh, but I don't know exactly. Um, meanwhile, in our universe, someone's going to get that reference, uh, Bruce is committed to using the item he stole to do something but we still don't know what. Uh, but rest assured, he will pay for his actions because the Time Masters are going to be hot on his trail for whatever the hell it is he plans to do. So there's definitely a lot to unpack here. As a sequel to, like, three major storylines in the past few years, it is attempting 
to address a lot of content in just the first issue or zero issue. Um, while some plot threads, the Time Master stuff and the Thomas adopting Dexter Dent definitely have me more interested than some of the other plot threads, it's pretty ambitious, I would say, just trying to tie into everything. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, even though this event is trying to stay connected to the main continuity, it avoids being constricted by everything that's going on and all the current guidelines and just kind of has fun with the craziness and mayhem of the Flashpoint universe, which for me was, you know, sort of the original charm of the series. It's like, hey, we're just kind of doing our own thing in this weird, bizarro universe. Um, right. Ah, uh, uh, but Eduardo Riso, what a treasure. Oh, man. I used to think that he was, as I said, practically joined at the hip with Brian Azzarello, but my God, it's it's still kind of nice to see that he can work well with others um, and, and more importantly, you know, yeah, just work well with others and, 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 uh, and still deliver really solid work. His moody, noir-tinged art alongside Trish Mulville's colors takes me right back to the best parts of 100 Bullets, um, and it's just wonderful to see how well it worked in the Flashpoint universe, because initially I was a little concerned. I was like, I don't know if that'll be the right fit for anywhere outside of Gotham, but it looked phenomenal, and, and uh, I think it worked especially well, um, you know, with the, with the scenes of, uh, of Thomas trying to recreate the uh, Flash accident and basically killing him. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I really dug this it. I mean, boy, is <laughs> Yeah, just, just killing him. Yeah, no, he ain't coming back from that one. Um, there are a lot of other little seeds that are planted there. Um, there's a, a reverse Flash cameo that I, I I I won't go into detail on spoiling it, but there's there's definitely some stuff that will connect it to the original Flashpoint that I think fans of that event uh, will be interested in seeing. So I'm actually like kind of interested in this. Like I mean, I didn't have high expectations for this book as a sequel to Flashpoint. Usually sequels are kind of hit or miss, but I'm uh, I'm into this one. I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, I uh, I ended up giving this one an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, this was an interesting way to get back into the Flashpoint universe, which I really wasn't looking for forward to. Um, so this changed that, and that surprised me. Um, Jeff Johns, man, he sets up stellar starts. Um, but sometimes the whole thing will be phenomenal. Sometimes it will be a disaster. I mean, unless you guys think that DC will have a crossover with Marvel within the next few years, but in any case, um, well, that was never going to happen. But. I mean, right. 2025 Secret Crisis. I'm still holding out a hope that <laughs> it's Jones never going to happen. Adam's ass. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I I knew even in 2019 not to hold my breath. Right. Oh yeah, it was never going to happen. <laughs> that uh, the the art was good, but I um I didn't like the bat symbol on the costume. And I didn't like some of the faces. And there were a couple of panels where Batman was as big as an outhouse. Um, he, was, he was a big old square box of muscle. Um, this isn't something spectacular. It's kind of like a, his second, uh, John's second doomsday clock. Um, it's going to be a good story, but, uh, but will it be a great one? I don't know. Uh, it's kind of important, but I don't know yet if it's going to be a must-read. I like it. There's just some things that are iffy right now. So I gave it a 7.25 out of 10. Fair enough. 
I, I gave it an 8.5. I'll, I'll, I'll sound it out with Brandon. I really enjoyed it. I, of the Flashpoint tie-ins, that Batman one was easily my favorite one. Uh, so this is it's nice to see. I've enjoyed Dr. Batman for the most part and the stuff we've gotten in the past few years. So to see this happen again, I enjoyed the Flashpoint universe. So I'm, I'm happy they're bringing it back in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see what the hell's going to happen. Just a few like little things I wanted to point out. I know, Brandon, you mentioned uh, Reverse Flash, but I'm not convinced that's the Reverse Flash. Really? Yeah. There's just something about it seems a little off. It does not feel very Reverse Flash because mm-hmm. Thawne, he wouldn't run around and be secret about shit and write something on a chalkboard. He'd just run around and stab you in the back. Mm-hmm. Theoretically. Like if, it, if it's the Thawne that was from Flashpoint, he was a lot more murderous back then as yeah. opposed to just mentally fucking with mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Wayne and, and not letting him know that it's actually him. So, I'm not convinced it's Reverse Flash yet. Interesting. And another thing I noticed, just a little Easter egg that is most likely a complete coincidence uh, when uh, Thomas Wayne was going through his address book for Barry Allen, the address was 1956 Showcase Drive Apartment Number 4. <laughs> oh, I didn't see Showcase that. Number 4 That's was clever. the first appearance of Barry Allen. Oh. And Corky Baxter. Wait, did you... I, I missed it. Did you give that away? No, I, I didn't even see that. Well, that was the very last page. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, I mentioned the Time Master stuff, but... Oh, okay, um, yeah. So, yeah. if if you were keeping it a secret, I kind of spoiled it, sorry. Corky Baxter appeared at the end <laughs> of the Time yeah. Masters, Rip Hunter's Time yeah. Masters. And uh, that whole Time Masters thing, Rip Hunter, Corky Baxter, their first appearance was showcase number 20. That's cool. So... That might just be a coincidence that they're both from Showcase. Maybe. Unless Jeff Johns is pulling some shit and we gotta like read Showcase the entire run and figure Maybe out. Maybe this what should be going. called Showcase Beyond. Oh. <laughs> or Flashpoint Showcase. Yeah. Or Flashpoint Showcase. Uh, Showcase Beyond is better. Yeah. So yeah, um To be honest, Flashpoint there, Beyond huh? should have been Flashpoint in the Batman Beyond universe. That'd be cool. But I'm also not not convinced that we might not see something about that. The, DC yeah, seems to be very specific of when they use the term beyond and in tying into Terry McGinnis somehow. Yeah. So. I guess we'll, we'll see. have to see. Yeah. Yeah. They better. I, I'm, I'm digging it so far. We'll see when Flashpoint number one comes out next month, I believe. Uh, we'll see yes. when the story picks up proper because as long as this was this was really more of like a prologue mm-hmm. it at least has me interested which is you know a, a yeah. lot more than i expected so i'm cool with that i learned my lesson with three jokers that i have to be very trepidatious in appreciating a jeff johns book yeah, well actually i will until, say this until i have every panel in my hands i cannot be yeah. nice to it <laughs> I, I, I will in, say in this. In his defense, though, that's the only book I could say that I read from Jeff Johns's uh, library that had that problem. Yeah, I, I, I will say oh, this no. though. Yeah, um, I'm not a John's hater by any stretch. Yeah, no, I, I, I will say this though. This, this issue did remind me of something that I said like four years ago, and I still hold on to it. Which is, and this is more for Bruce, less for Thomas, but I think Jeff Johns just fundamentally does not understand Batman. 
Um, mm. I, I just every every time he makes him speak, I just like it's off. And and I I can literally point to multiple appearances where I've had that problem, whether it be Green Lantern or the Joker's Justice League in particular. I just I don't think he. I, he, I can't he say he doesn't him. like the character, but I just I don't think he gets it. I think yeah. I think he understands what people like about him, but I don't think he personally gets it. And I think and he I, I noticed that here too. Dialogue, um, like he 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 uses clipped words, and but it's it the the way the the words that he gives Batman, he, regardless of how he employs them, they're they're just not the they're you're right they're not quite the right ones. It feels it's, it's, out of it's almost place. it's it's almost like someone who has studied it immensely but just doesn't understand how to make it work. Like you know what the pieces are that have worked, but you don't know how to use them properly. That's unfortunate. That's 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 how I always see it. And I, I noticed it again here. It wasn't a big problem because it really focused on Thomas. So I was like, uh, whatever. But um like I, I saw that at the end when he was talking to him. Spoilers, I guess. Corky Baxter. I was like, Yep, there it is again. So hey, at least he's consistent in that. Um, but I remember seeing that for the first time, and like when I read Green Lantern Rebirth, like four years ago, and I was like, something's not right here. Like he, it just the way you interpret Batman, I just, I, it's not right. But anyway, uh, but hey, that's a great way to transition to our next mention, focusing on Green Lantern, um, which I will pass over to our Green Lantern super fan, uh, Rob. Super fan, I've been promoted. Yes. So, uh, this is Green Lantern number twelve. The I I guess I'll call it a final issue. Uh, I think was a bit of a shock to a lot of Lantern fans <laughs> a few know. months ago. Yeah. Um. But we'll see what the fuck happens. Maybe the solicits <laughs> tomorrow will shed some light on just what the hell is going on. So this is written by Jeffrey Thorne with art by Marco Santucci and Tom Rainey. Colors from Mike Atiyah and letters from Rob Lee with a cover, I think a very nice cover, from Bernard Chang and Alex Sinclair. So Jon Stewart is struggling with this choice. Uh, after battling Koyos, instead of following the path the gods have laid out for him, upon exploding, he forged a new central battery for the core that's not just green, but blue and violet as well, ushering a new era of peace among lanterns. Oa will now be the home to Blue Lanterns and Star Sapphires, as well as the GLs. The new battery brings back the power to all the rings that were lost, and the 600-odd remaining lanterns on Oa have their status back, except Simon, as he now holds the spirit to all the dead lanterns, which... Oh, okay, I'll get into that after. Uh, John, now choosing his path, becomes the Emerald Knight and heads back to the new sector that he was originally lost in to rescue his fellow Lanterns and protect the residents within. Also in this issue, they do a big push, of, uh, which I'm kind of conflicted on. It's very cool, but also seems a little like, oh, you're doing this? Uh, Jack Kirby is the source, and honestly, that is so choice. I think it's it's yeah. really cool. I just feel like, yeah, why this book to do that? You know? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a cool it's still idea. Pretty I just damn wish cool, it was though. bigger. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a nice nod. It's a nice choice, and and very on the nose. I think that yeah. that's that's a really good push. I, I think he 
created the idea of the source, right? With the new gods, Jack Kirby did? He did, yes. Yeah, so that's well, perfect. Yeah, he created the source, but weirdly enough, he did not create the source wall. That was actually uh, Walt Simonson in Uncanny oh, X-Men Teen Titans. Which I didn't learn until, like, last year. Um, no, I always just assumed he had created it, but no. It was, yeah. it was actually Walt Simonson and uh, Chris Claremont. Shit, well, there we go. Damn yeah. you, Chris um, Claremont. <laughs> Uh, that's a yeah. great issue, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um. All right, so my thing... Okay, fuck. <laughs> there's so many things to talk <laughs> Where about. Where to this. begin? <laughs> yeah, I'm very complacent about this ending because there's, there's so many things to bring up, so many questions that need answered, and I <sighs> yeah. don't think they ever will be. Because, let, let, let's say, this is not the first time that there's been questions about a Green Lantern book and they've not been answered. I'm still waiting <laughs> to figure out what the fuck happened with Green Lantern Lost Army. Yeah, oh my god. That, I, which you'll which find I out completely as forgot they come back. that well, <laughs> they, 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 they did. That's, like, that's the thing about even that book alone. I didn't realize yeah. at the time it was six issues under Lost Lost Army or Lost Lantern or whatever and it got cancelled. supposed to be 12 issues. got cancelled and then the writer, I don't remember the writer now, said don't worry we're bringing it back because of fan demand and it got brought back as edge of oblivion with a yeah, completely like, new creative team i was dude i was just thinking about it the other day i thought it was it was like it was like cullen bunn and tom taylor i think yeah i was trying was to remember the, who wrote that yeah i heard tom yeah. taylor wrote edge of oblivion the pseudo yeah. sequel if you will which finished yeah. the story but we never found out why the fuck it happened in the first place yeah and then, there's there's a lot of loose plot threads left hanging namely what the fuck um yeah but the one i there's actually one that's that kind of ties something up while still leaving it open for the future and this is a loose plot thread from jeff john's run and something that's been on my mind for the past 10 fucking years is when he brought simon in and he was learning the ring and chip of all fucking characters chip which i'm so happy or was it Bedig? Which was the one that well, died in the 90s? <laughs> that's kind of racist, Rob. Or speciesist? You can't tell these speciesist. two chipmunk lanterns apart? <laughs> we're going to have to. We're going to have to have some words was after that, the show. Yeah. Was that time very specific? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, now he's being speciesist. Uh, Not all chipmunks sound the same. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> All Sometimes our chipmunk squeaky viewers voices are going to say boycott the show now. Squeak, <laughs> squeak, squeaker. Yeah. Squeaker. <laughs> Chip just wanted a hula hoop, man. Yeah. Anyway, whichever one was with Simon, um, he, he used the ring and was able to bring his brother-in-law out of the coma. And Yay. I'm pretty sure his big was like, you, you're not supposed to be able to do that. The rings can't do that. I'm like, well, I fucking did. I don't know. Like, you tell me. And then they just never brought it up again. So there's always been that hint that Simon has some control over, like, the power of life within the Green Lantern mm-hmm. ring. And this kind of hints at that. So he's able to, and while he didn't get his own ring back, he somehow still has a Green Lantern suit, very different from any other we've ever seen. And he can use the power of the the rings that belong to now dead lanterns including for fuck's sake Aresia, uh, uh and use green energy to and make Isomot their spirit Cole. come alive mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> why the I cried. fuck you need to kill Aresia again I know I was, I was like I, 
I cried in Green Lantern Corps when I saw Isomot and Aresia were like among you know? the spirit lanterns. Uh. I was like, no, no, uh. don't leave me. Not again. But I who know. was not there? Um, Kyle, Kyle Rayner. Yeah, so, I mean, he's probably out there somewhere, but. He is, he's on some alien hospital bed and they're doing something to him. He's getting probed for the first time in DC yeah. Comics. Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh, that got dark. <laughs> getting probed that's, in Alien that's, that's No, dude, that's, that's going to be... repair his psyche with, with psychedelic mushrooms. That, that's that's going to be the really dark sequel to Omega Men. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> probe Men. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just and a whole to new meaning to willpower. Every idea of fridges from his <laughs> Yeah, hey, Rainer. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's enough of that. Guy Gardner was also not there. So there's there's a lot of lanterns still to be found. Um, at least a lot of Earth lanterns. So we we have. Shut up, Rocco. I'm talking. <laughs> My God. <laughs> so there's we we have no confirmation on Guy and Kyle. We don't know what the hell's going to happen with Jessica Cruz as a Yellow Lantern. Uh, what the hell is she really doing? The annual didn't really tell us much with yeah. her story. Like, what's her angle? So, she wants to be and a hero, are, but is Yellow Core really yellow? the way to go? Like, yeah. who knows? So, yeah. there's not much to go on. They have a promise that Jon Stewart and the Lanterns will return, uh, but is Jon Stewart really going to return? Because if you're following uh, all the info that we're getting about Dark Crisis, spoiler alert, with interior arts, you see that Jon Stewart as the Emerald Knight is part of the Justice League strike team that goes and battles the Darkness team, and he he, he dies. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> what the fuck's going to happen? Which, yes. I don't know, makes it yeah. seem kind of pointless, because it's like... He did all this, you know, controlled the God Storm, seemingly went back to the Dark Sector to help out <clears throat> his fellow, you know, his so fellow former lanterns. Swallowed the and source. then, yeah, and, and then and then I guess at some point just went back to Earth to die. Yeah. Or, you know, went back to Earth with the League to go fight the Dark Army and then died, which, I don't know, just kind of makes it feel a little pointless am i the only one who felt that way yeah where yeah. it's like well i know that's coming so it just i don't know yeah anyway i'm sorry it's very weird especially with with the the power he has now he shouldn't be easily defeated no yeah no you know? especially yeah the, the fact that he was able to literally like reinstate all of the lantern cord yeah anyway um it's it's really weird uh all in all though i, I gave this an eight out of ten as well for uh, sorry guys as far as endings go uh it's not bad it it definitely leaves a lot of threads open uh, but for the story we have right now i think you can say the book is closed even though there's so much more story to tell and honestly who knows if we're ever going to get back to it so yeah the art's not horrible the colors are pretty eight out of ten I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's all done. It's all over. And, I mean, we got Jon Stewart as the Emerald Knight, but ultimately I feel like none of it led to anything. Jessica Cruz, they took away Kelly's gauntlet. Like, the whole reason for her to be a character is just done now. Um, 
It's a, oh shit! Yeah, they didn't even finish that story. They, yeah, they, they, they took. <laughs> she wasn't took even her, in this issue. They took no. It's, just they just briefly mentioned that uh, they lost her gauntlet. Yeah, but um, I mean, I wasn't really a big fan of the art in here either. A lot of faces, some of the other stuff didn't look right. And I'm just gonna mention again that they took away Kelly's gauntlet, and that makes me upset. That's trash. <laughs> But um, I just I wasn't impressed with the arc and I wasn't impressed with the ending. I gave it a six point seven five out of ten. Yeah, I I didn't hate this one. I've been pretty hard on the series. Um, last issue was okay, but everything else, you know, it, it kind of just felt like it was bizarre and strange and hard to really categorize. This one, at least, I think attempted to wrap things up in a neat little bow. Um, and like Rob said. Establish some interesting stuff that maybe they'll be able to build on in the future. Um, who knows? Um, I, I don't know if all of this was an excuse to get Hal and the rest of the Lanterns back in the trunks, but if it was, that's kind of lame because I, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm just so used to them not having the trunks, it almost looks a little goofy now. Um, and right, <laughs> I, and I, I don't, I don't know if this was an explicit line. It's maybe my bias showing, but I think they insinuated that Hal's ring, the one that he had forged in the Vendetti run that had kind of gotten upgraded in the Morrison run, I think they kind of insinuated that that ring is gone and that he's back to his original one, which, if that's the case, is incredibly disappointing because I just, I still love the idea of him literally forging his own ring out of willpower. He's so essentially Hal Jordan and the fact that they would just kind of strip that away and like, ah, oh, whatever, it's gone now, who cares? Just get a regular one, go back to being whatever. It's, I mean, it's I got know. to a point where that's what sets him apart from the other Lanterns, other than just being yeah, Hal like, Jordan. The, the thing that I remember is he's like the Lantern that became literal willpower to the point where he like, disappeared into the ring for a little bit, and then Kyle Brainer had to bring him back during that arc and rebirth. Um, but I don't know. I just I saw that and I was like, okay. So it, it felt like both the turning back the clock, but also trying to set up some stuff for the future, which is kind of weird. Um, so yeah, it's there's definitely a lot, um, and I, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we could do an entire episode on this one. It wouldn't be a long episode, but I just feel like it, it sets up some things that I both like and dislike. Um, but at least has the option of providing a direction for the future if it wanted to but um yeah I, I didn't hate it so i don't know it's 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 just kind of there it's like yeah you wrapped it up nicely and there's some interesting stuff that you set up but in the whole on the whole it's kind of like this just feels kind of like a waste of time the whole run kind of felt like a waste of time at some point so i don't know uh i can't complain about this issue like being terrible but yeah it's just sort of you're just sort of like all right i guess that's over now that's that's kind of how i felt at the end of it so yeah i gave this one a 7.5 right. yeah well i guess that wraps things up doesn't it at least for the spotlight yeah i i, I guess we don't have any more uh i guess we don't have any more I was trying to make a Green Lantern joke, but I couldn't come up with it on the fly. I'm sorry. Oh, that light's gone out, bud. I know. Yeah, oh, yeah, the light's gone out. Yeah. <laughs> it died like Aresia. Wow. 
<laughs> that hurt to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, it will always be too soon. Yeah. Oh. But all right. Maybe they'll find a yeah. Maybe they'll find a way to bring them all back in Dark Crisis or something. Oh yeah. Just explain it away or something. I don't know. You could find a way. Where there's a comic writer, there's a way. Yeah, there's always a way. And there's also a commercial. Now back to our program. And we're back. Thanks for sticking around. Now that we are done with our spotlight section, we're going to take a little trip to a place we've been to many, many times. I guess seemingly go to every single week now, um, and that is of course Gotham City. And to kick us off, we'll be looking at Batgirls number five first. So I'm gonna let Josh take it away. We're gonna have to look into chipping in on an apartment there. Yeah, I mean probably not because it's like a shithole, but you know. <laughs> I mean, it's cheaper than a hotel, though, right? <laughs> I think I would do better to just not go there at all. If any, the hotels might be safer. Yeah. Work takes us there every week. Money. We can't get away from it. Uh, Prissy. <laughs> uh, I think I think I'll be better off for my safety if I uh, stop going there. All right. <laughs> well, Batgirl's number five was written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. Jorge Corona on illustration, colored by Sarah Stern. Lettering came from Becca Carey with Corona and Stern on the cover. One Way or Another, Part 5 of 6. The Batgirls are out in Bondo. They're Batgirl-mobile, I guess. They're playing a game of chicken with uh, some saints from last issue that were chasing them. Barb shows up on her bike in full gear. Saints who were convinced by Seer that Simon Saint is still alive. The full team of three Batgirls beat them, show them proof that Saint is dead, call the DCPD, and steal their dog. Their robot dog named Fido Five. And then they peel off into Gotham. That's when a live broadcast from the Tudor is streamed everywhere calling out his minions and saying that they'll flatten the city barb finishes running a computer script and finally figures out tudor's identity cody klein who suffered a psychotic break after a scarecrow attack and would end up in arkham asylum which is where the batgirls head to of course that's also where they find evidence linking Tudor to Charles Dante, her ex-not-official boyfriend, at whose house Barbara is at right now. The Batgirls radio Babs and tell her, but it's too late. Charles, dressed as Spellbinder, pops up and tells her that they have unfinished business. Oh no. Oh no. Dun dun dun! On top of Arkham Asylum, (laughs) one of Tudor's brainwashed followers, a news reporter, is uh, is recording on location Tudor's master plan. The panels pan out, and there are a whole bunch of Tudor's followers descending on Arkham Asylum. Stephanie finds Tudor and is about to beat him up. 
gases outside, taking on the masses. And Babs is still with Spellbinder, except now she's asleep on the floor. I am very glad to be able to say that I really like this issue. Clunan hey. <laughs> finally found that perfect balance of the wackiness of the Batgirls with the seriousness of the story that she's writing and the rating that the book has. The art was really doing it for me, too, um, really well. It's a bummer that it took till issue five of this arc for it to be in the vein that it needed to be in, but after it's done, I'm going to reread the whole arc all in you know one go and see if I don't appreciate it more. Uh, this issue, though, it got an 8.25 out of 10. Yeah, this one, uh, this one got an eight out of ten for me. I think this and the last issue have <clears throat> really been improving, and uh, finally feels like we're settling into, I think, what this book was trying to do from the beginning, but you know, really refined, um, and, and you know, not quite as as choppy at points. And uh, uh, I, th I think you're definitely right on the money that all this stuff with Steph and Cass really feels like it's locked in now. We kind of have that dynamic established, and. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like quite as, as weird or strange as it does. It just kind of feels like natural now. And, yeah. and that's really what we wanted. Um, still not really compelled by some of the stuff with Tudor, um, but I am at least interested in the Spellbinder stuff. Um, just because, I mean, I, I don't think it's the worst thing ever. I mean, obviously, it's Batman Beyond, and it's kind of been done better there, but I, I'll at least throw it a bone and, you know, see if it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see where it plays out um, or see how it plays out. But yeah, I mean, I feel like this one was just really solid and, and it felt like everything really locked into place and actually had a, had a cliffhanger that has me excited for the next issue. I'm like, oh shit, what's going to happen to, you know, Babs and Steph and Cass? And how are they going to get out of this one? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking Stay forward to it. next week. Yeah, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I just have one thing um, and... This is really for anyone who was listening who read it in print. Um, I think there might have been, I don't think it was in the digital version, but I think there might have been a misprint in the print version because the way that I have it is like the page where they arrive at Arkham Asylum comes after they're like leaping over the fence. So it's we it was weird. It was like I, I turned the page they were leaping over the fence and then the next page they arrive at Arkham Asylum and I think it was a misprint so if anyone else had that problem like reach out to us and let us know I that might have just been like the copies that we got but um, I, I didn't I, even I had notice that problem. yeah I had that problem I was like what the f I, I think it might have just been the print ones it may not have been the digital ones but I, I was just like what the f am I going insane why are you leaping over the fence and then you just got to Arkham it was so bizarre when I read it first, um, but other than that, I had no problem. So, hmm. well, now that we've got that taken care of, Rob, yeah, uh, I didn't hate it. Like, I, I, I can agree with what you said before that it's it might be the best issue of Batgirls I've read so far. I'm not a big fan of the art style. <clears throat> Uh, I, the capes are too distracting. It, they're really How weird. Dare you, sir? Capes don't float like that. Ah, oh, like, oh, okay. okay, that's neither here nor there. They flap the and they flutter, sir. 
<laughs> they look like actual wings, but wings coming out of the bottom of the cape. It's, no, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the plot's getting interesting again. Uh, I'm very curious to see where it's going to go after this. Uh, we're getting into the last part of the story arc, which is cool. Um, yeah, not much to say right now about this penultimate issue of the arc. Uh, 7.5 out of 10. Uh, Spellbinder's kind of cool so far. Uh, yeah. I, I dig it right now. I'll see. I'll have a better opinion of it in the last issue of the story arc and to see where they go from there. I think y'all are a little bi- biased with the Batman Beyond hookup there because we haven't really seen Spellbinder and y'all are both like, I'm into it. Well, that, that's Spellbinder with the horns coming out of the eyeballs. Yeah, that's... Well, I mean, in this it, it story, we, we've seen him in like, what, three panels for crying out loud? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'm just saying, you're a little Batman yeah. Beyond bias. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe. well, I, I don't know. as as this this Charles Dante character, it's you know, I, I, it still remains to be seen whether or not I'm really sold on this uh, this version of Spellbinder. But right, we'll see. We shall see. All right. Well, if there are no more final thoughts, then we are going to say adieu to our vacation. Gotham City and go to another city that is probably just as terrible. (laughs) Kidding. Uh, That is New York City with I Am Batman number eight. Um, If anyone in New York is listening, I'm sorry. I I don't hate New York. It's it's actually nice sometimes, but I mean, it it can be kind of crazy. You got to watch that shit, man, because I mean, Gotham (laughs) is in New Jersey. Yeah. You can't have a whole Jersey, New York beef spiked over on top of this podcast. Exactly, exactly. Um, Anyway, yes, this is I Am Batman number eight, uh, of course, brought to us by Mr. John Ridley with art from Christian Duce, colors from Rex Locus, and letters from ALW's Troy Viteri. So Jace is chasing after Man Ray, um, and Man Ray gets the upper hand, and Jace flees um, afterwards, uh, after... You know, Jace is kind of shell-shocked from his experience with Man Ray. He talks with Lucius about how he's afraid of the killer um, and also is kind of thinking a little bit more about what his influence on the city might actually be doing versus what he wants it to do um, and really kind of wrestling with that idea for a little bit. Mayor New... Excuse me. Mayor Villanueva in a press conference is praising the task force uh, that is working with Batman um, for the guns that have been removed from the street, while Commissioner Beckett is still disapproving of working with uh, Vigilante, it is, as he calls it, woke mob BS, which made me laugh. Um, later that night, of course, he's kidnapped, tortured, and disemboweled by Man Ray, um, which, you know, Ouch. I guess that's what happens when you talk shit about Batman. Um, <laughs> or at least that's probably what DC wants you to happen. Um, Tam and Jace, while Jace is training, uh, speak briefly about how Jace is feeling lost um, and how Jace really needs to check in more with the family as they're kind of all pressing forward and, you know, feel like they need Jace to be a little bit more plugged in, while Hadia and Vol are also talking about Jace, uh, and Vol is worried about where Jace's path might lead, especially on a case like this. Vol asks Jace to drop the case, but Jace ignores him and decides he's going to the crime scene anyway uh, to find Beckett. Uh, but when they find him there, disemboweled and completely stripped of his like 
humanity at that point. Um, they also find emails that Man Ray had sent from Commissioner Beckett about Beckett's activity on race on online racist forums. The nightly news shows the story later that day. While public reactions are mixed, the police are not having mixed reactions to this. The mayor may be upset about how this will impact his administration, but the police are taking action now and they plan to find and kill Man Ray ASAP. Um, there are some notable aspects to the story that I want to flag. Uh, the mental state of Jace is still keeping me interested um, in his interactions with Tam and Lucius were okay, but this issue felt kind of dull for me. The art from Duce was great, even stellar, honestly, uh, in this issue. Um, and the action in the beginning was really cool, but aside from you know the conflict that they've established with the police, I'm still kind of struggling to care about Man Ray. Um, and I just feel like I need something more from this to really kind of hook me. Some of the stuff with Beckett is interesting, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It just something right now, something about this issue, it just really isn't doing it for me. So I gave it a 7.25. Fair enough. Um, I was interested. I was much more interested than I had been in previous issues. Getting the feeling that it's going to stay grounded, which is cool even with this new bad guy who apparently can't feel pain, that kind of thing. Um, the racist cop that's already dead, the cool new bad guy persona. Uh, so far, things are looking up. <laughs> Yay, the cop guy. But um, the art is okay through the whole book. Just the, uh, the horror parts, they aren't this artist's forte, that's for sure. Um, it was good. Not stellar, but it, it was better than average. I gave it a 7.75 out of 10. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I haven't seen a ton of DJ, so for me, at least some panels, I was like, wow, this is actually, I don't know, something about it. I was like, this actually looks like better than I've ever seen from him before. So I mean, I yeah, I, I like the art. Um, the, I just, the, the horror, the, the crime scene, the horror scenes, they... Uh, not that guy's line of work. The body parts kind of uh -huh. look like stretched out bubblegum. But, I mean, ultimately, it looked fine. Fair enough. Yeah, uh... So what you guys would say you're, like, kind of in the middle still about Drace? At least this issue, like I, I've kind of been enjoying aspects of the story previously, but this one, I don't know, something about it was just like, it felt like it had slowed down a little and it was, yeah, there, there's still some aspects of the story that I'm not entirely sold on. And then I said, I'm getting a bit more interested because I kind of like the feel. Right. Okay. So, well, I'm, I'm on, I'm definitely in that boat too, because I think this, this is very much the right direction for Jay's bringing him to New York. It definitely feels fresh in you. It does not feel like classic Batman at all. You definitely get the sense it's just a guy. But okay, so I, I'll bring up Phoenix Jones. <laughs> if you guys know the legend of Phoenix Jones. Oh, Lord. Jesus. Yeah, Take me back it, to like 2013 or whenever it was. <laughs> it, it's a lot like that, but this man has a lot more training. Plus, it's a comic book, so he's going to be a little more safe. Um, oh. But it's, Everyone it's like do yourself that. a and, favor. 
Yeah, everyone do yourself a favor and yeah. check out the Rain City documentary. That's oh, a trip. Yeah, read up on it, watch it. It is fascinating what yeah, this man did. And when when he was unmasked, he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally doing like a Spider-Man in the Civil War thing." Like, <laughs> yeah. and he thought people would like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. So, fuck, man. That that was a time. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm definitely getting it. To sense like the, the the excitement I had reading about that is the same feeling I'm getting reading this. It, it it's got that same uh that same feel to it, the same emotion, that that kind of drive where he wants to do good. But he doesn't want to just destroy people. So <laughs> but he wants, and I think the way uh, I, I think it was Lucius put it, you're you were building yourself to fight badness, not evil. That's Bruce's job. You're taking out some thugs and you're stopping some crime. Um, not to say that he couldn't eventually get to that point, but the point he's at right now, fighting a guy like this, definitely not his wheelhouse. Uh, so it's it's the first big challenge I think Jace is facing uh, for his first week in New York, and I think it's fantastic. The, the art is well descriptive. I think it's pleasing to look at. Um, yeah, some of the gore is a little off. Not off-putting, just off. But it's, it's still nice to see. I, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Nice. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I don't have a transition for the next one, or at least not a clever one. Well, <laughs> um, so from one yeah. OG replacement to the other. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's something like that. New York with um, new Batman to a new Superman. Yeah, I couldn't come up with one in time, so Wait, I just kind okay, of have. No, that doesn't work. It's not Keenan Kong. Mm-hmm. It's Son of Kal-El number 10. Yeah, it's that one. <laughs> <laughs> so this was written by Tom Taylor with art by... Uh, are you Irish? Kian? Uh, Kian, yeah. Kian, okay. Tormi. Yeah. Uh, with colors by Federico Blee and letters from Dave Sharp with a cover, beautiful cover, from Travis Moore and Tamara Bonvillain. So John is hiding out while the whole world talks about a supporting cast member dying in his arms, as seen in the Nightwing crossover. Lex takes that opportunity to publicly shame John as much as he can and prove that he's not the hero his father was and should be taken away while the heroes he himself endorses, the Gamora Corps, should take his place. Lois arrives at the press conference with what is seemingly the lasso of truth and asks Lex to hold the rope and answer if... President Bendix is trying to frame her son for murder. Lex declines to answer and walks off stage, so Lois takes over before she is approached by guards, so John steps in and takes her home. Now at home, Lois, John, and Jay go over the events to find out that the rope is oh and find out that the rope is not the lasso of truth, but just a rope she painted gold. She never said it was a lasso, just pulled it out of her bag and everyone assumed. To be fair, it looked like very, a lasso. Very, very, very Yes. Uh, now alone, Jay and John talk about John coming out to his mother. He's been afraid to, but Jay gives him the courage to do it with a little pep talk. And he goes to Lois, and Lois pulls him aside and reveals that she's proud of him and loves him no matter what. That she's known about his identity and is proud of him. Just after that, Batman shows up with John not hearing him coming, a fact that John has an issue with, but they move on with that very quickly. Batman tells Lois it's time. 
The two head off to a secret Justice League safe house. No J's allowed due to Batman revealing that John cannot trust Jay Nakamura. Uh, Fucking course. I saw that one coming. Yeah, saw yeah. that one coming. Like, we, we called it back in issue fucking two. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah, I, I think it was probably, like, very obvious. But they, yeah. they played the passy for a long while on this. Uh, yeah. Though, again, to be fair, we don't really know what um, it is you can't trust about Jay Nakamura yet. It yeah. could be, which is very unlikely, Bruce is wrong. But who knows? He might yeah. just be paranoid. Wouldn't be the first time that's happened. But again, yeah. we don't fucking know. Better say than um, sorry, he always says. Me too, by the way. Yeah, like, why not? Uh, so I... Uh, I, I have an I have an issue with this issue, and oh. Oh, not with the issue. I have an issue with people. <laughs> um, if I yeah, may, that's a I'm going to be. Show, Rob. Oh yeah, that's a hell of a show. Yeah, that's on the people review show. I'm be very real for a second with you, and I talked about this in our group chat when John came out and Lois hugged him. I don't remember where the hell I was. I think I was in the bathroom. Where I just remember hey. thinking, I hope nobody sees this. I cried. I'm not even going to fucking lie to you. I cried. Because that moment, that was very reminiscent of me coming out to my mother. And it was, to me, a very heartfelt, touching moment. And all I'm seeing online is people tearing it down. <laughs> Which, I think, <laughs> Which is, if, I think is ridiculous. Yeah. If, if you have an issue with it, you have an issue with it. But to go on and on. They're, they're, Tom Taylor's face and shit from people homophobia uh, homophobic people all the live long damn day about how he turned superman gay he's been facing it for months and he's been an ally to this cause he's been an ally to us and the second he has a big moment for somebody who's in the community uh, and writes that out people in the community are now fighting against him the man can't fucking win and like if you have an issue with it you have an issue with it if you didn't like the way it was written you didn't like the way it was written but he's doing things for us he's doing things for our community that a lot of writers just aren't even given the light of day right and like i just described what happened in that in it that issue with that moment it can be very realistic however you view your coming out story that's fine everybody has their own coming out story that's what makes it so special everyone's is different this was a lot like mine so to me very realistic and very possible to actually happen However you view it, that's how you view it. But let's not freaking attack Tom Taylor now and say that he needs to be taken off the book because apparently he's not gay or bisexual or anything and doesn't understand the community. He's doing what he can for us. Whether he is or isn't, maybe he hasn't come out, maybe he's straight, who knows. But he's doing something about it. And to me, that's a good enough. Because not, not a lot of people are in the first place. Good that being said, 8.75 out of 10... The, the art was a little off in places. The the noses were a bit big, but <laughs> the colors were nice, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed the issue still. I really liked the bluff with Lex. Everything went oh, really yeah, well. That was Yeah, that was awesome. It looked good. Um, the story's good. It felt incredibly short, like almost too fast. Like, I did a page count check after I read it, but um, 
I guess if if a book makes you feel that way, that's a good thing because I guess that means it pulled you into the story and you didn't realize you flipped through twenty two pages already. Mm -hmm. uh, the deal for me was um, that I can't trust Jay stuff and and now I need to know why. I like the story, but there's also in this issue there really isn't a lot of stellar here. It's just uh, it's just a good issue, and. Um, you know, Rob brought up the the coming out aspect of it. I think that the way that they did it was very good. It was it was real. It was honest. It was like Rob said, just very reminiscent of his coming out story. And um, I know that it it was exactly the the way that my kids' uh, coming out story happened with me. And um, I'm sure that we're far from the only two. So I think that this is a realistic quick loving way for that to happen and it's pretty damn good just uh, but it didn't detract from the story in any way shape or form didn't need any extra pages it was done wonderfully the whole issue though again um nothing super spectacular in it so 7.75 out of 10 awesome what did you think Brandon? Um, I, uh, I was going to kind of hold back, <clears throat> um, from talking about this one too much. Um, mostly just because I didn't feel right kind of chiming in, uh, on the conversation as a, a not a member of the community. Um, I mean, obviously as an ally, you know, I, I feel like it's important that there's representation and everything but I just I didn't really want to that's kind of why I was silent on discourse when we were talking about discord um, or when we were talking about it on discord I just I didn't really feel comfortable saying anything because I just it's not really for me to say and I would prefer for people in the community to kind of speak for themselves I don't want to talk over anyone so I don't really feel like I can offer anything on that front other than you know just don't be like a dick about it and you know send like some death threats or demand that Tom Taylor's head be on a pike for his sins or something. Yeah, that's that's just, tough. that's that's too far over yeah. the line, but uh, as for the other stuff, you know, I I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't really want to comment on that because I don't want to invalidate anyone's opinion. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I just kind of agreed with you that, you know, it wasn't really anything stellar, but it just felt like it was kind of solid. Um, but I, I don't know, I I, I kind of feel like I'm holding my breath for something, and I'm hoping that the the last reveal that we got is kind of going to be the answer to that, because I kind of felt this in the last issue where I felt like I was, I'm, I'm waiting for something big to happen, but it, it feels like it's still not coming. I'm not sure when it's going to be there. I'm waiting for that like, oh shit, like things really have pivoted moment, um, and I, I just don't know that we're there. So it kind of feels like we're just. I don't know, not treading water, but it, it kind of just feels like we're waiting right now, waiting for the big thing to happen. So yeah. I guess I'm just kind of waiting for that. Um, and I'm not saying that to discount, you know, John's coming out. Obviously, that is important. But I, I think story-wise, I'm, I'm waiting for, like, that big reveal to, to come. So, yeah, this one also got a 7.5 for me. I think Kai and Torme works better with inkers instead of inking himself. So that's kind of why I think the art was a little lackluster in this issue. Fair enough. And I guess that brings us to the next and final title of the week. 
it does indeed. What a way to end it. <laughs> All right, that's going to be Wonder Woman number 786, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, an art team of Rosie Campe, Becky Cloonan again, and Marissa Louise. Pat Bazot on lettering, all wrapped in a cover from Travis Moore and Tamara Bondolin. The contest has begun, and the Oracles have presented their champions with weapons, Diana presenting her sword, being allowed to take part in the trials, and the rest are Yara Floor with a bow, Donna Troy with a knotted lariat, and Philippus with a compass. Meanwhile, underground... Yes. <laughs> it's a hell of a selection of weapons. Right? Here's a compass, here's a rope. Diana, I got a sword. Fuck right. You. <laughs> a bow, nobody says anything about arrows. Yeah. <laughs> just own, just the bow. Good luck. Just the bow. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could swat it at her. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, underground, Altum the sur- survivor announces to a crowd of none, it appears that it is time to awaken the mother. An explosion rips through the arena and the champions are gone. Of course, this throws the Amazons against each other, fighting, and Nubia tells them that they are all on, that they are all to basically get their crap together. And that the trial has to continue since it was started, so said the gods, and it can't be stopped. Um, the four champions are in a tomb n- n- no no one has ever seen before, and they all have different ideas on what to do. Ultimately, they decide that they are to complete the trials together because they sense that they themselves are being hunted. N- Nubia and the queens of the other tribes determine it was a sinkhole, not an explosion. The, then the rest of the Amazons break out in violent fighting because they are being mind-controlled. Down in the catacombs, turns out that the big bad is Echidna, the rotting one, mother of all, mother of all of the monsters. They fight, she flees, leading them to Doom's doorway, which they push her through. Diana hears someone saying, you promised me redemption, then yelling, you lied. Diana whispers chaos, then the ceiling starts collapsing. Diana lets the rest leave and tells them to let Nubia know that it is chaos. That chaos has come to Themyscira. So, I really dug the art. I'm just kidding. That's how I usually end up started out my bad ones. Um, not not about lighting the art. I did like it throughout, even though there were a few pretty switches uh, back and forth with the art style that were a little. Yeah, I, don't I was going to say jarring, but it was it was definitely definitely noticeable every time you flipped it a page and it was there. But um, I liked the story because of two reasons. One. Because it's a cool way to move the story forward as a plot point. The voices were mostly there dead on. And it's it's really enjoyable. Two, because in Discord, I believe Rob and I called this last week that something huge would happen and there wouldn't actually be a contest. 8.5 out of 10. 
I forgot about that. We did. <laughs> uh, which is why I was, I, you know, I saw the cover and I, you know, read the, read the subsequent material and I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have believed what I saw on the cover. That was just clickbait. Um, obviously, it, it nothing always like that is happens remotely. Freaking jerks. It, yeah, an issue. So I saw that. I was like, what the fuck? Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, good. I don't know. I didn't really have a lot to say, to be honest. Um, this certainly isn't a contest of champions. No, no. And I, I guess I really should have seen that coming on my end. Um, there was some really jarring art stuff that I think did kind of mess with the flow at certain points. Um, this artist, Rosie Campe, I'm not overly familiar with her, but something about it is just like, every time I see it, it's like you, you almost have the idea of what a face should look like, but you're not quite there. It's like, <laughs> it's like she read a lot of, and maybe this is just because I'm reading it right now, but it's like she read a lot of like Carrie Nord um, Conan books, like the, the art that Carrie Nord used to do on Conan. And it's yeah. like, okay, I want to make it look like that, but I don't entirely know how. So it's like 80% there, but it's not quite there. And and that's what it feels like. The stuff from Becky Cloonan is great because Becky Cloonan's awesome. But the stuff from Rosie Campe is really inconsistent, if I'm being honest. So that was my major you know, problem with it. So would you give but it? It got an eight. Yeah, it got an eight otherwise. So I can't really complain. And Rob? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, I don't even know where to begin with this one. Oh. I've got issues with it. Let me sit back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's an interesting twist on the plot. Uh, but that's as far as it goes. So... 8 out of 10, the art is nice, and it's kind of progressing the plot. You kind of see, and I, I use that even loosely, kind of see that kind of subplot you had in, I think it was the Wonder Roman annual, uh, with the previous owners of the mascara, the previous um, uh, people that lived there and how they they want to take the land back and you you see maybe two panels of the lead guy he blows a horn and shit blows up Kaboom. and they end up in a tomb that nobody on the, on the island has ever known about even though they've lived there for hundreds if not thousands of years um least of all diana who actually made a point to say that she's made she spent her childhood mapping out the entire island and exploring every nook and cranny and she's never known about this tomb okay that's fine it's under the arena sure nobody knew about it fine but then just by walking through the tomb they end up at doom's doorway a place that the amazonians know about the whole point of this trial is about doom's doorway nobody thought in the length of time of doom's doorway being there even the the long-standing guard Nubia herself uh, didn't notice just a giant cave to the left. Right. Nobody took the, and the thought, hallway to the maybe left. Maybe we should explore that. <laughs> I mean, you ain't never well, they are a race smoke of... break. Nothing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I, guess, I guess they are. I find it really hard to believe that nobody knew about this tomb uh, there you over go. after thousands of years. Um, 
it's just blowing my mind <laughs> and it doesn't even have anything to do with the the old Themyscirans. Uh-huh. because the timing like the horn blew the guy blew the horn and the thing blew up and then they just never showed up again and then they found a monster and then the thing but apparently dinos that's chaos but is that like the the god chaos what does he have to do is with this the... now is that the the guy with like the pale skin? Sea chaos? Who knows? Was he even named? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. I was like, questions. I still don't. Yeah, I still don't know his name. So I'm like, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember if he was given a name in his first yeah. place. I, I don't know. But there's a lot of. I would of... much rather have it be um, what's his name with the cat. But anyway. Not Clarion. Clarion. Yeah, Clarion. Clarion as as Chaos? Yep. I mean, if it's got to be Chaos, then it might as well be Clarion. Yeah. It could be the Lords of Chaos, but I don't even know if they're still alive. Well, he was one of them, wasn't he? Hmm. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take this in an entirely different direction. There's a few plot threads that are left hanging and some plot threads that are just going to be left hanging. There's two parts left. And one of them is going to be a focus on Wonder Girl. True. So, who Which knows be how the much next one. plot we're actually yeah. going to fucking have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I could see yeah. that being about... Well, Yara is obviously going to be a, a, a focus in that, but Diana is not even going to be present during that entire thing. And yeah. Cassie is going to basically tell Nubia who the killer was, and that's going to be the issue. But then we have, uh, was it Omega? The Omega issue? I don't even remember what they called it now. Or just Trial of the Amazons number two. And that's going to friggin' tie everything together. Hopefully with a lasso of truth. Because that's unbreakable. At least we hope. Mm-hmm. So 8 out of 10 for this one. The art was nice. I, it's just... Uh, I, I hope, really hope this isn't falling apart. I really yeah. hope it isn't. Because I'm really enjoying it. All right, and then uh, the backup, it's more of the same. We're not getting away from it, apparently. Uh, it's more history, oh. more foreshadowing. Uh, very young audience animation style. It is what it is, I guess, but uh, I, I, I think we should just drop it from the Wonder Woman books. It's been screwing up the scores. I've been giving Wonder Woman for a while now. I literally didn't even read it, so... <laughs> I, I have not read it since this this uh, event has started. Yeah, it's yeah. so officially strike that and adding Naomi to the dump list is completely on my plans today. But um, that's it for the books, huh? Yeah, I believe it is. Now it's our time. Yes, now it is time for our top three. You know what we do, so Josh, kick it off. Uh, number three, I gave to I Am Batman. I'm digging the real feel. I'm digging the uh, the new bad guy. I like I like the way things are going there. Uh, number two, Batgirls. Though it's a bit too late, it finally found its feeding. It, it and it's it's solid on the ground and running. I like that. And I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. I thought it was badass. Uh, um, what did I give that one? Oh yeah, eight out of ten, which was the highest rating I gave something this week. 
I thought it was a real good one, man. And um, my favorite moment happened in I Am Batman as Jace was running away after getting his ass kicked by the new guy. The new guy says, well, that's a suck-ass Batman. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. I laughed out loud. (laughs) You're right, Man Ray. It is a suck-ass Batman. I would be disappointed, too. <laughs> that, that reminds me. Even later on in the issue, that like Jace said some kind of curse word, and then he just kept using that. The the was it? The, you said his name was Man Ray, the bad guy. Yeah, I believe. Uh, yeah, I believe that's his name. Yeah, he just keeps using it sarcastically over and over again. It's great. <laughs> I like the. I like him. I like Man Ray. Nice. Dumb name. Cool character. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if I'm going next, uh, so number three, I had Wonder Woman. I think that one was tied with I Am Batman. Oh, no, no, it wasn't. I got my scores mixed up. Hang on. <laughs> Shit. Okay. I Am Batman is actually number three. <laughs> I, I, I pulled a Oscars moment just now. Shit. Oof. Nope. I'm gonna have to slap. We had the man. wrong card. <laughs> I am Batman wins. Don't do that. You'll get banned from the po- podcast awards for ten years. <laughs> for ten years, yeah, for ten years. Ten years. I'll yeah. see you guys when I'm thirty. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. slap Bendis or anything. I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> Keep my Superman out. You'll get him out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, please. <laughs> okay, you so would be banned three. from reading. Yeah, <laughs> you would be banned <laughs> for from reading DC for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So, so Wonder Woman I'll say honorable number 4. Um, cuz I I did really enjoy the main story despite what I had to say about it. I am Batman number 3. It's getting a really more enjoyable. Uh, number 2 is Flashpoint Beyond. Uh, welcome return to the Flashpoint world. And number one, I had Son of Kal-El for everything I described above. Uh, I, I'm just really digging this book still. And I'm super excited Thanks. for number 13 now. I love Neonel. Uh, favorite moment, uh, it should come to no surprise how I described it. To me, John coming out to Lois, I thought was really well done. Uh, did feel a bit awkward at, at times. I'll give it that if I'm going to give it any criticism. Some of the the parts were awkward but that's honestly what you would expect in a moment like that when you're scared shitless to tell your your mother that you're 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 bisexual or anything in the community uh coming out to your mother you'd be very nervous and very awkward and things would from your perception it's a scary moment all right all right well for me at number three i also had well, not also, but I had Son of Kal-El, number 10. At uh, two, I had Nightmare Country, number one. Um, just, a, I think, an interesting peak, uh, you know, for for uh, this universe. Um, oh, I didn't think but, of Nightmare Country. That should be my number one. <laughs> um, but at number one, I, I actually, yeah, I had Flashpoint Beyond. I was just really pleasantly surprised. And uh, I'm, I'm actually interested to see what, what happens uh, next month. 
um, which uh, is fitting because my favorite panel also comes from Flashpoint Beyond, which is um, the sequence where Thomas is recreating the uh, flash accident on top of Gotham Tower and the lightning finally hits, but it's after all the chemicals have been destroyed. So you see Barry's you know, body just get incinerated. Um, but it's all really, yeah, it's, it's all done in this really like moody way with the, you know, super dark colors and stuff. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. So those two paint or those two pages um, of that sequence of Barry getting hit with the lightning and then just seeing his charred body is horrific as it is. It's, it looks really cool because I'm a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's that. I guess now it's time for... The Biggest Thinker. Oh, that's nasty. The Biggest Thinker. The Biggest Stinker. And then the... Oh, that's nasty. Cleveland Brown. Mine is going to be one that was... The whole arc was chock full of bad decisions. A lot of not great art. A plot that was completely predictable almost all the way through overall at times boring and frustrating that's Green Lantern ooh well shit I thought for sure you were going to be on the same boat as me and, and put on the book that you decided to put on the stink list <laughs> <laughs> that's Naomi <laughs> yeah, no, Naomi, uh, Naomi yeah. just uh, I don't. I, I again. I completely forgot about the the honorable mentions when doing this. Sandman universe nightmare country was spectacular. Naomi season two number two is shit. So yeah, I guess I would have to put Naomi season two on there. That'll work. Because it's total <laughs> shit. It's total and complete yeah. shit. <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> birdcage liner there you um, go oh jeez uh, yeah seeing that's, as I, I didn't okay. read that one I can't I can't really say um, but yeah my, my pick would also or my pick would probably be uh, Green Lantern for this week um, not terrible like this week I don't think it was actually that bad um, but uh, probably the weakest one here and and uh, yeah, definitely had some weird stuff uh, in that wrap up. So I'm, I'm hoping that the next Green Lantern book we get is uh, just a little bit more consistent. Please. Me and you both. And I guess that's the end of the show now. It is, isn't it? Gosh, where did the time go by? Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be here next week and we hope you'll stop by. Uh, but with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot.